Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Mana Podcast, Daily Bread for the Daily Christian. My name is Sam Jeske. I serve as one of the co-hosts of this awesome, wonderful podcast. Uh, um, and joining me uh, in part two of a dialogue on uh, meta-narratives is uh, my fellow co-host, Pastor Justin Shrum. If you haven't listened to part one, I highly encourage you to do so before you dig into this one. Got a lot of great stuff ahead of us today. Um, hope and pray that you're having a great Friday, um, or whenever you're listening to this episode. Um, but uh, with that, I think I'm just going to let uh, Justin uh, kick us off here. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, and, and that that is what is interesting, too. I mean, while you were talking about that, I, I was thinking of... Um, just the narrative of purpose, right? Like, so the idea being, the idea being like, really, and and this, I'm giving kind of like just a, a flash forward, just like a snippet at the end of like, really what it all boils down to. It, it's either all Jesus, right? Or, or it's literally the warped view of Epicureanism. Let's eat, drink, and be married because tomorrow we're dying, right? Because if we have no purpose, we have nothing we're going to achieve that we're literally just um, different elements bouncing around at a specific point in time that just cease to exist and function. Then there really is no purposeful intention of the things that we do. There's no point in having it is that nihilist view. There is no point in having a, a wife or a husband. There's no point in having children. There's no point in really working a job or doing stuff. There's no part there's no point in having a society or laws that govern that society. There's no point in, in doing anything. And, and the argument from the other side of that that's against nihilism from the, 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 the neo-Darwins is the idea of, well, the point is, is that while you don't have a, a grand destination that you're marching towards, this great picture, that, that you literally are just a... a speckle of pigmentation in a painting the the purpose that you have is that it completes the rest of the picture or the painting that the pigmentation that that you uh inherently are is just yes it, it it's not significant in and of itself but it's significant in the sense of its corroboration and collaboration with the rest of the painting yeah and and with Christianity in that specific worldview, it's different. It's I'm not just a, a speck of pigmentation in this tapestry. I'm my own masterpiece that God has made me to be. That's a good I, point. I'm a masterpiece yeah. that that testifies to the painter who who used broad, careful, intimate strokes in, in, in his way of fashioning me. And so my portrait, my masterpiece that I am, not because I created myself to be that way, but because he designed me to be that way. He fabricated me. He bara, he created me to be such as that in an intimate way that, that my masterpiece as, as a status testifies to the creator who made me a masterpiece, but also makes you the other individual that I'm talking to into that masterpiece too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what our purpose is because really um, Christianity um, without the, the concept of pointing to our creator and, and the, the careful um, interaction he had in making us and pointing to that, that, that status of love, really, if 
that's what our purpose is and to direct others to that, to that being, because I have no real, I'm not invested, right? Like I'm not, if Sam, let's say you, Pastor Sam, let's say you were an unbeliever. If, and I, and I'm a believer, I'm not personally invested whether or not you go to heaven or hell or not. I'm not personally invested in what your destination is or what your purpose is after your point in time is done and over with. It doesn't impact me in any which kind of way. It doesn't impact my life. It doesn't impact my destination where I'm going. It doesn't impact my purpose. But Christianity and and that particular worldview says, no, the fact is, is that I do care about you because I want you to know the painter who made you to be the masterpiece, his masterpiece. In, in, in your unique fabrication. And, and, and that's really what, what defines our purpose and, and is our, the essence of our worldview. I'm not personally invested in, in the life of somebody else um, just because they're a blip on, on a painting. I'm invested in them because, one, the, the masterpiece that I am is reflective of the greater masterpiece of who God is mm-hmm. and his, his grace and compassion and love. And because he is that way and he's made me that way, that when I look at somebody else, I want them to know him that way, too, mm-hmm. because it also helps them to know who they are. Right. And, the, and that's really the, the it's really the, the, the narrative or the meta narrative of identity to some degree or another. No, no. And you're, you're, you're and that's and that's a really good point. It, it's uh, you see this going on so much right now. Um, the folks who are who are you know you know touting and you know flaunting their meta narratives or whatever you know this this undergirding or overarching story um the why behind what they do so we're talking you know philosophically here um theologically we're talking terms of like you said teleology so um not merely origin but then um purpose too um the why behind what we do uh, you see so many folks around us, and they're grasping at some type of cohesive, comprehensive, exhaustive explanation for why we do what we do, but not only why something is or something is not. And um, and uh, obviously, a whole—I mean, a, a significant amount of this intersects very intimately, like what you were saying, with questions of identity. Um, right. Uh, well, and, that, and that's what Ravi Zacharias would say, right? He would say that that the con- the meta narratives of such philosophical concepts like modernism and postmodernism and existentialism, and uh, those, and then the the idea of um, LGBTQ issues, um, some of these other things, that all of it boils down to purpose. That that we talk about it in elements of uh, in elements of origin and meaning, and and purpose and where we're going with that because really, when we look at the meta narratives of everything that's going on in the world around us, um, the topic of racism, the talk talk about systemic racism, the talk about um, different things that we're we're going to talk about in this podcast and future podcasts, that all of it boils down to one singular question: What is my purpose mm-hmm. and and that's that's really what everything and all of existence in life is all about and that's really what separates us for the for the darwin uh believer the the idea of um well we're just evolved 
animals to some degree or another, you know, that came out of the ocean that developed, you know, leg, four legs and was a, uh, a primate. And then like all this, you know, wh- whatever the evolutionary process was that there were a super evolved species. Well, the, the animals on the face of the planet don't sit around debating around what my purpose is. Right. When you look at an, when you look at, watch any national geographic show watch watch disney plus and and their their stuff I, I love the big cat shows you know but you watch you watch these lions right there's there's one male prime lion there's a pride of lionesses and then there's a bunch of little cubs right and the sole purpose of that lion he doesn't think about what his purpose is he's just governed by the instinct of i'm going to reproduce and I'm going to keep control of my area. But he's not sit- sitting there saying, oh, is this all my life? Is this what my existence is all about? What if I want to paint? You know, what if I want to bridge the, the pride lands together and, and create a super pride land? And that's, that's, that doesn't come into the mind of, of other species that exist on the earth. To sit there and say that, hu- that humanity is a super evolved animal doesn't really compute with the rest of how we observe things to be. Right. I think, yeah, there's there's a Christian apologist I was watching on this, and he says, you know, we are the only creature that asks why. And I get you were kind of touching on this, too. It's that you don't see that this is not a postulation or a question that the um, that the animal kingdom are scratching their heads over. They might be scratching their heads, but it's probably because they got they got fleas or ticks or something. Or <laughs> okay. scratching other parts of their body. Yeah, and... right. <laughs> yeah. So. But but we're we're the only we're the only species that asks the question why. Um, you know, someone might say it is it is it is human hubris to ask such questions of why. Um, but you know, maybe but but I would contest such a response stems from stems from naivete than than hubris um or i should say to such a response to to not question or ask questions of why um and just kind of let it be um that i would say is naivete um the the another thing too is uh someone might be wondering okay so where does this meta narrative stuff really kind of where does the rubber hit the road for my life or how do i how do i see this unfold i i i'll give an example of this as we're kind of in the middle of a still in the middle of an election cycle (laughs) <laughs> and we might still be in the middle of this election cycle in a week from now. Um, we don't know. Um, um, but um, this chances are, you know, um, folks who are listening and uh, maybe you too, Justin, have experienced this before when it comes to voting. Or we'll just say another way of putting this is um, Christians who are citizens of two kingdoms, citizens of heaven first and then citizens of, of the state or of this world second. Um, you know, our God, our God, uh, you know, Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And um, we, we're we called to exercise our civic duties. Um, one um, is because it intersects with stewarding the world in which we live, but then also um, this civic duty to be um, involved in, um, be it the political processes or just involved in the day-to-day of our society. Um, these... Uh, that provides a venue for us to be salt and light for a dark and dying world. Mm-hmm. Um, a venue for us to shine and showcase our Savior, kind of like what you were saying earlier, really to showcase his love for us um, as Christ's love compels us, the Bible tells us. Um, however, you'll often bump into people who will say that the sacred must be completely divorced from the secular. This is where 
you know, I think it was Thomas Jefferson who said something to the effect of that firm hedge between the religious sphere and the secular sphere. And um, that idea or that sentiment, be it what Jefferson meant or otherwise, um, this idea of um, that there must, there cannot be an absolutely, uh, there cannot be any intersection when it comes to um, me as a Christian, or we'll just say more generally, me as someone who is religious, who has faith in some type of divine personal creator, loving creator, that those convictions have to be left at home when I enter um, the ballot box or when I go down to the polling station, I should say, and fill out my ballot and drop it into the ballot box or, you know, hit the hit the submit button or however you filled out your election <laughs> or however you filled out your, your vote. Um, but that is that's completely bogus. And here's why. And here's here's the point of, you know, um, the discussion of meta, meta narratives hits intersects with this immediately. Um, I had a buddy who um, uh, who's an atheist friend of mine, and he said the same thing. He doesn't want people legislating their faith into office or or they don't they don't. He, he doesn't. I think I'm trying to remember exactly what he said. He doesn't want people voting on the on the basis of faith or he he um, uh, lest he see people's faith being. Uh, legislated or something like that. Mm-hmm. I get what he's saying, but um, it boils down what this what this boils down to is meta narratives. I mean, first of all, um, it is it is virtually impossible for us as Christians to not vote. In um, you know, obviously we vote according to conscience, but our conscience operates by our conviction. Um, no, we might not always. Uh, we we you know. <laughs> we leave these things and we put these things in God's hands. We might not, uh, we might not exercise our civic duty as best we could. Obviously, um, the, the Christian who has been called to a life of, um, walking a narrow path, following in Christ's footsteps, carrying a, uh, you know, lifelong carrying of, of crosses and daily death to self. We're not going to find ourselves comfortable really anywhere in life, let alone in any political party. Um, but this idea that, um, I have to leave the meta narrative of Christianity at home when I go to vote or when I'm exercising my civic duty is completely garbage. And that is, that is, that is something that is, uh, that is pushed and peddled all the time. Um, for example, say you have, uh, you have a panel at a university and they're talking about the, um, they're talking about the morality of abortion. Um, uh, I suppose that that can be a conversation for another day. Um, um, but uh, who, and if, and obviously, let's just say you have a Christian, um, say a Christian pastor um, is on that panel, how it'll often be framed or phrased is that who's the one who's got the, the bias up there? Let's just say you have a um, a biologist, you have a uh, biology professor, you have a philosopher or a um, college professor of philosophy, and then you have a pastor, a Christian pastor. Um, more often than not, at least from what I what I have seen, and I suppose that's kind of anecdotal, but the person who is who is presented or or argued to be unreliable or biased or their judgment is flawed is the Christian pastor, or we'll just say the Christian. Um, the thing is, though, is that everybody's bringing a meta narrative to the table. Everybody's bringing a meta narrative to the ballots. 
to say that somebody, um, it's like, you know, you as a Christian, um, you got to leave your convictions at home when you go and vote. That is, that is, that is virtually impossible. That's yeah. virtually impossible. And, um, and obviously as a Christian, that's not what we're called to do. Right. Um, and I suppose there, there are conversations about, you know, obviously when it comes to, um, I do think we sometimes give to Caesar what is God's when we say, oh, here's how we can carry out the Great Commission. We'll vote the right people in office, and then they'll pass laws and legislation, and they'll just legislate the Christian faith into the hearts of people and make this world a more Christian place. <laughs> that's, that's not how that works. Uh, not even God's law does that. God's perfect law um, does that. So why would we think that imperfect man-made laws would possibly do that? No, it is, you know, the letter kills. The Spirit gives life. Um, yeah. But this idea that I need to leave my meta narrative at home and kind of um, that um, secularism or, or dare I say, atheism is the neutral position or is the is, is completely garbage. That in and of itself is a meta narrative. And right. this idea of I have to, I mean, for, let, let alone that, that's another thing too. Is this kind of um, uh, this this sleight of hand trick where people present atheism? as this neutral position where it is a it is a it is a statement well or, or let me ref, I'm, I'm, i suppose i'm kind of begging the question there it is um it, it is not it is not making a case for a meta narrative it's basically a neutral position it's the default position and that's bogus yeah. so, you know etymologically atheist is there is no god if you want to talk a more true position of, let's just say, a meta narrative, like, or I don't want to say a default or something, but agnosticism. All right, there might be and there might not be. In that case, their meta narrative is there could be a God that could be the anchor of, of all things, or there couldn't be a, there, there might not be a God. I don't know. Um, and so, you know, such a meta narrative is one that inherently is fraught with. Um, I would contest, having been there, confusion and uncertainty and fear and anxiety. But um, this idea that I have to leave my meta narrative at home, or that my vote cannot be informed by my meta narrative, and that I got to leave my meta—I can't bring my meta narrative with me into um, the ballots. That's absolutely bogus because everybody is. Everybody's doing that. This idea that. Um, I mean, even the whole why behind what I do, me getting into my car and going to the ballots is one moved by a meta narrative. Let alone how I go about scoring my vote. Um, these things are informed by meta narratives. Some might say there is a God and that that's their meta narrative, and others might say there isn't. Some might say their God is Caesar. <laughs> now, basically, their, their meta narrative is, is everything politics, where politics are the. You know, that's our reason for being. There's always some cause to champion. There's always someone that we have to rebel against. Um, there's always going to be a season of of promising or being promised these near, if not entirely utopian promises. My job is to do my best to actualize them. And then when they don't, I, uh, I someone else comes along and they uh, they ride in on their, their white horse and, and present me with these promises and my eyes are glazed over all over again and i'm struck with this amnesia of no this person they're gonna do right they're gonna make it blah 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 um and i suppose that that's a little um i may be being a little pejorative with that i guess but um moral of the story is 
no one walks in no one no one takes any step in their life without a meta narrative and um the question isn't um should i or uh, the question is not um one of uh uh do i or do i not have a meta narrative you do right now you do whether you are um, an atheist listening to this, an agnostic, or you're Muslim, or you're Mormon, or you're a Christian, or what you have a meta narrative. The question that is set before us is what is um, is one of uh, which meta narrative is comprehensive, exhaustive, and cohesive in scope and in reach and in tightness, kind of informity and and uh, um, its interrelation with all its cogs and pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So much to unpack there. <laughs> well, good luck. You got like three minutes to work with, but, but I know right? I, I, I just, the, the point there is just this idea of, you know, someone might ask the question, well, how do, how does this talk of meta narratives really hit the road for me in my everyday life? And I'm like, well, there's a prime example right now, this idea of, I have to leave, I got to leave my Christian, my, my Christian convictions at home and vote by virtue of some other by by virtue of some other meta narrative, it, like it's like, what that does is this re. Here's the other thing too: is meta narratives are not a parallel narrative, right? So this idea of and me, we probably should have hit that at the beginning. I think sometimes people talk about meta narratives of like a like a parallel universe, that kind of runs like if you imagine two lines running parallel, but they don't intersect with each other. Um, the Christian worldview does not present itself as a parallel universe. Yeah, you might find some quote-unquote Christians who will talk about the Bible, um, uh, and they will they'll they'll know all thing all sorts of things about Scripture, but they'll talk about the Bible more or less like a work of fiction or more of a um, uh, constantly reading it with with skepticism or or suspicion as for what is or isn't um, truth revealing. Um, kind of like, uh, maybe how someone might read, like say Aesop's fables or mother goose fairy tales, or is it mother goose, mother goose has fairy tales, right? Or those rhymes? I think those are fairy tales. I can't remember. Childhood was such a long time ago. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> oh man. But, but, uh, but, but the, the thought though is, is that that's how sometimes people will talk about, um, religion. And I, and I think, for the Christian evangelist and the Christian apologist, any language that you employ that gives the impression that the events that unfold in the Old and New Testament um, are a parallel universe that are like based off of fiction, or excuse me, based off of historic fact, but are ultimately fiction. Um, and we we might reinforce that idea, you know, um, unintentionally um, in a very explicit sense with our language or unintentionally um in, but uh, in an implicit sense that we maybe we've relegated our Christian faith to one hour on a Sunday. You know, my talk of Jesus is 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 basically, you know, when it, I, I claim that this is the meta narrative of my life, but it only seems to be that case when, you know, from nine to 10 on Sunday or eight to eight to nine or 1030 to 1130 on Sunday. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many Christians I've bumped into who lament and mourn the the eviction of God from schools and classrooms and courtrooms, but we've been evicting God from our everyday conversation for decades now. Well, we and we fill the vacuum with ESPN, with football games, with 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 Trump or with Biden, um, with Pence or Kamala. Um, we 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 fill that vacuum with other things, and we give people the impression that our meta narrative is really no different 
than everybody else's. And at best, the Christian faith isn't reality. It's just kind of like you were saying, I think you kind of said this earlier, it's kind of like uh, just maxims or fairy tales. Mm -hmm. Um, No different than, say, the Greek pantheon or superheroes. (laughs) It's a nice story, someone might say. It might make you feel good, but... But that's it. At best, it, it loosely intersects, but it is not reality itself. And that's um, whether it be as I live my life as a dual citizen or um, how I carry out my life on a day-to-day basis or how I speak or how I talk, uh, we want to we wanna strive to give the impression or if not clearly communicate that, um, that, uh, that the Christian faith is, 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 is reality. That the events of the Old and New Testament are not, these are not a parallel universe, or um, um, that this idea of the of meta narrative is like it 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 it, uh, it it parallels above or below our narrative. No, this this is reality. This is reality.